Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Dreams Unlimited Travel Podcast. My name is John Magi, and I'll be your host. And I am joined by Kevin Close. Hi, everybody. And our producer, Craig Williams. Oh, hey, hey. I was waiting for it. Um, we are going to talk about Disney's reopening, as we always do on every show. It's over in Star Wars. <laughs> really, for you at least. Over and over again, we talk about Disney's opening, reopening. But I wanted to get a fresh perspective on this. We talk a lot about it from the perspective of, a lo- of us being local, being uh, the fact that our livelihoods are related to Disney and the fact that we can go a lot. So I wanted to bring in somebody who's a big Disney fan, friend of ours, and also would have a different perspective, I think, on the reopening of Disney. And that's our good friend, Nick Walker. Hey, everybody. Hey, Nick. How you doing? Oh, I'm good. This is, as someone who has watched your show so many times, more than I can count, this is incredibly surreal. But I'm honored to be here. And you see how the sausage is made and how terrible exactly. it is. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, no, no. This is, this is wonderful. Um, thank you so much for joining us. First and foremost, how are you? Are you okay? Are you healthy? Is everybody there healthy? We're good. We're good. You know, it's 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 such a crazy time, as you guys know. And um, I think that for us, the biggest thing is just whatever we need to do on a given day to, to find our center and protect ourselves and just feel at ease with, with the world. That's what we do. It's a lot of, a lot of movie watching, um, a lot of cooking at home, a lot of meditation and, and you know, and... And things of that sort. And also, like, we, I mean, truthfully, I rarely, nowadays, I rarely go outside. Like, I, I'll go, you know, me and my wife will go for a walk every now and then. But I have to be extra careful just because I have asthma. And, you know, and that, we don't, we just don't know how that, how that flies with this thing. Um, I do. Yeah, yeah, I live in, I live in Queens. And, uh, but, but the other. with a queen. Oh, oh yeah, there you go. And we could say the same thing as you do, except for that meditation. Here we call them naps. <laughs> naps are great, though. Anything you need to do. Anything you need to do. Absolutely, guys. Yeah, but it's no, it's good. It's just, you know, taking a day at a time. That's literally all you can do. Excellent. All right, so before we get into the questions, give us a little bit of background. Tell us about your family. Tell us about your <laughs> Uh, vacation habits. Tell us about your love of Disney. Oh boy! Listeners get to know you a little bit. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I'm from Boston originally, Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, I am uh, the son of a. My mother was the first black news anchor in Boston for about 30 years. Her name's Liz Walker, and now she is a minister at Roxbury Presbyterian Church. Um. Oh, hello, doggy. Craig's got his little dog out. It's wonderful. Um. My cat is wandering around here somewhere. You probably see him at some point. Uh, you know, so she put me, you know, I, I, was, I was always, you know, even early on, I was into storytelling. And uh, I'm an actor and a writer by, by trade. That's, that's what they pay me to do. Um, and, uh, you know, early on, like, my favorite books were, like, Mark Twain. You know, so, like, Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn were, like, th- those were literally some of the first books I ever read. And I, I still have the same copies today, like, in my bookcase. Um and I just developed a really strong love of story. And I was watching movies that I was way too young for. It uh, <laughs> are like, you know, Tarantino and Scorsese and Spielberg and, and, and movies that, you know, 
were just very silly to be watching for a you know five or six year old. But I, I just loved them. I loved Jurassic Park. I loved all these things, and I also loved Disney movies. That was like a huge. They were very much my babysitter because you know with my mom's job she'd be gone um, in the evenings. So like I would be you know be me and my brother and sister watching these movies. And uh, as I got older, I, I just kept developing that, and I I started to sing in my school choir, and I started to sing in rock bands, and then I, I became also very interested in Shakespeare. And I, so when I went to um, college, I went to NYU, I, 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 I majored in Shakespeare um, and uh, just really kind of studied the classics. And I, I did musicals every now and again, um, but I was really just about like, okay, what's the craft of acting and, and, and writing? And I had, you know, going to NYU, being fortunate enough to go to NYU, you're surrounded by all these amazing writers and artists and, and so many things that you can just kind of like feed your, your art with. So, you know, I, I just, I, I think it's so funny because, like, thinking back on my college experience, I, I wish I had partied more. Like, I was, I was very much that guy who was like, oh, yeah, totally, you go out, I'm, I'm, I'm being in the library reading this play. And, like, that was me, and that was, that was just what, that was, like, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, and it was, it, was, it was also this crazy thing because when I first got out of college, uh, you know, you get out and you, for actors, you audition, like, you just try to start booking jobs. And all of my friends were booking much bigger jobs than I was when I was first out. I booked, um, my first job was actually fitting, it was children's theater. I was in a nine, I traveled the country in a nine foot by 13 foot van. And we, we literally just drove around the country, um, like performing in anywhere from like huge stadium theaters to like cafetoriums, which I didn't even know was a thing. I had no idea that like you could combine an auditorium and a cafeteria, um, but you can and you do. And that's what we did. <laughs> so much of the theater that we did. Um, but my first, I, 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 my Broadway debut was in Motown, the musical, which we can get into. And I, I, I whenever we talk, whenever, whenever I talk about Motown uh, publicly, it's just, it's such a crazy thing because I think it's just so well known, at least in the Broadway community, how crazy that show was to put on. And that show gave me so much and gave me some of the best friends that I have, um, friends to this day. But it was also one of the most insane experiences of my life. And I did that show for about three years. Between that, I also did Peter and the Star Catcher. And then um, I did, I was on Law and Order. And then, um, then I, then it was crazy because right around then I was doing the Motown revival. They decided to revive it two years after, three years after it debuted for no reason. Um, and I was in that revival, and we were told that that revival was going to run at least six months. Uh, ended up running three weeks, and this was the two months before my wedding. So I was like, wow, I need a job so I can help pay for my wedding. So I was hitting the bricks furiously, and this show that I had auditioned for for many, many years, way back when it was in workshops, before it was even a thing, asked me to come in and audition again. And I just, I wasn't about the show because it was a... Uh, it was all rap, and I, I, quite honestly, I've never listened to hip-hop in my life. Like, I'm just, I wasn't that guy. And, uh, but then my, my buddy, when I was auditioning for the show, he was like, you know what, um, here's the thing, even though you don't like rap, this is, you do like Shakespeare, this is what you majored in, and this is just heightened verse. It's the same kind of poetry. And that unlocked it for me, so when I went in that, that fourth time, or that, God, it was probably the tenth time in four years for this show, um... They had just had won the Tonys, and uh, and I got in. That show was Hamilton, um, and that began my my Hamilton journey, which was three and a half years. 
uh, of my life was either in the Broadway cast of that show or on tour with that show. And I played Aaron Burr. And um, spectacularly, I might add, very we've true. all seen you. And <laughs> I've made it very clear that I'm not a fan of the show. I don't like rap either. Yep. Yep. But you were spectacular. Thank you. Thank you. It's very, that's very kind of you. I, I truly, I really love, you know, it's, it's, there's so much, there's so much about that show that I just, I, I just love. And, um, we, you know, it has given, it truly has given me so much. And, and I, and we can definitely get into the Hamilton stuff because I, there's, you know, there's just so much to, to talk about. And I will say that also that creative team, um, the, the team that, that, that brought that show to life are some of the smartest, kindest people I've ever been in a room with. And I, I don't just say that because they employed me for three and a half years. I really do say that as, as truth. They, they are much more giving than they ever have, have to be for you know, on a Broadway show, what you kind of find very quickly is that this is business and for better or worse. And as much as we do this because we love it, we also do it because we have to eat. But the, you know, Lynn and Tommy Kale, who's our director and Jeffrey Seller, who's our producer, um, they go above and beyond and they, they consistently do. And it's and even now they do. And, um, it really is touching to see. And then the latest thing that, uh, that happened to me, my, uh, so when I was, I was, you know, I was on the road for about two years with Hamilton and I was, I loved the show, but I was like, I got to get home. I, you know, I have my wife here. Uh, I have my, my cat here. And, uh, <laughs> so I was, I was hitting again, hitting the bricks for auditions. And this was while I was in the tour still. And there was the, the guy who had given me my start uh, in this whole career uh, was this guy named Des Mackinoff, who, if you know Des, Des directed Jersey Boys. He directed uh, Jesus Christ Superstar Revival. He, I mean, he's he, Big River was his show. Was that was his the f- show that put him on the on the map? And he has been around for years, and he is he's an incredible person. And, and funnily enough, he was actually the godfather of my best friend in college. So he would take us out to, to drinks, and I had no idea who this man was. I just knew that he could drop hundreds of dollars on dinner uh, with, without batting an eye. I was like, okay, this is clearly a man who's done some stuff. But I remember back in NYU, he was like, hey, let's keep in touch and, you know, and all that stuff. And uh, then three years out of college, he cast me in a show at La Jolla. Um, and that was my first big break. That was like a big old show that, that was, it was their pre-Broadway trial, and they didn't end up making it to Broadway, but it's a show that I hold very close to my heart it's called uh if you know the 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 flaming lips album yoshimi battles the pink robots it was that album put on stage and it was this really incredible sci-fi thing that show didn't get as far as we wanted to get but then he had just come out with this new show ain't too proud and it's about the temptations and i was wary of it for a couple reasons i was wary of it because i was like i i did motown for so long and like i just don't you know, going back to a Motown show is like, okay. Um, and also because the role that they wanted me for was the role that my friend Derek uh, originated, which is a, and again, we'll get into it later, but it's a supremely hard role. It's actually harder than Burr. Um, he never leaves the stage, ever. Um, and he is basically the script of the show. It is it, the, the show is one two and a half hour monologue that is just his. And then he pops into the dances with the temptations and he comes back out and, and talks to you. And then he pops back into the, the temptations and he comes and it's like this whole thing. So I was just like scared of that and all these things. And also truth be told, I cannot dance. 
So if you're telling me this is a show that just won the Tony Award for Best Choreography, like that's probably not my show because I, I can't dance. So I when when Des asked me to come in, I was like, hey, I'm honored to come in for you. Uh, but just so you know, like I can't dance and this is going to be terrible uh, when I audition for you. And it was. I, I completely bombed that dance audition. Uh, and I flew, I, you know, I, I flew in for it and I, 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 I it was a two day audition cause you learn the dance one day and then you do the dance and the, the scenes and the songs the next day. And, uh, I was terrible at it, but they gave me the role. Um, they gave me the role with the caveat that they were going to put me in a dance boot camp. So my last five weeks of Hamilton were spent, uh, they flew their choreographer out to the tour and I would do dance from 10 AM to 4 PM. And then I would do the show at night. And that was my last five weeks of Hamilton. So I, it was it was some of the most... In, that was five weeks of Hell Week. It was it was actually insane. And and but like what what I what I love is now looking back at those videos because you know you record those videos when you're learning to dance like that. Looking back at those videos now, um, and like looking at how how bad I was, <laughs> and like and then you know having had you know before the shutdown a month. Of like doing it, and like the cool thing is, the other guys playing the Temptations are all people that like I I came up with. We we all know each other, so like there really is a brotherhood there. And so much of the dancing in that show is not about um, is not about like ooh look how good I can dance. It's just about watching these five, just like the Temptations, watching these five guys in sync with each other, just like enjoying each other's company. That's the fun of it. So it actually now is very comfortable for me. And we we just had um we're doing a lot of press to you know just to keep you know. Especially because our show, I think the other beauty of our show is that it, it is very, it was written by someone, you know, this woman, Dominique Morisot, who is from Detroit, who loves her city, um, and is not, was not shy about, you know, the fact that these guys were five young black men living through the civil rights era and what that means. And so the show is incredibly relevant, especially right now. So we've been doing a lot of kind of press about that and, um, it's been really. I I I miss my boys. I miss my my fellow temps. Like it's 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 so hard seeing them on like digital screens and being like, oh, when are we gonna get to like do this together? Um, but I know that day's coming soon, so I'm I'm excited for that for sure. When we get a chance, we'll be there. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and we and we'll be there. We'll be there. So that's. that's... I mean, we'll be there to see you. Oh well, yep. Yeah. I mean, and when you do, please let me know so I can you know bring you backstage and show you the works and all that all that goodness. So you can shut us. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Can I tell a very funny story? Yes. I have some cousins. <clears throat> I call them my nephews because of their age and how old I was when they were born, and they've always called me Uncle Kevin. When you came to Orlando, <clears throat> Craig said, Nick's been kind enough to ask you guys to come on backstage. And I said, I have a favor to ask. Can I send my cousin nephews back to meet? Because they are huge Hamilton fans. Yeah. So they were beyond, I mean, and one, the oldest one is 21. So they were beyond excited. <clears throat> so John and I sat out in the lobby in an effort to not get in the way. So we were just being patient. And all of a sudden, my nephew Nick comes out and his arms are crusty. He goes, you're not going to believe this. I said, what? He goes, we went backstage and they're really, really nice. I said, oh, that's awesome. He goes, but they're coming out here to meet you. He, and he kept, then he looks at me and he goes, who are you? <laughs> Nobody. Nobody. I love but in that. his eyes, the star of the Broadway show was coming out to meet me. So Aww. it was a little moment of glory. 
Please, no. You guys, you, here's what you have to understand, and I, I've, I've tried to express this on my social media, and I've, I've definitely expressed it to Craig several, and Rhino several times. So, the reason that I said yes to the Hamilton tour, so there's two factors, right? Obviously, number one, you know, I originated that tour, so the chance to play Burr on that tour was incredible, and I, and, and them entrusting me to do that meant the world to me. Um, number two, there were two cities that I saw on that itinerary that I said, I have to be on that tour. The first city was New Orleans. Me and my wife go to New Orleans every year. The other city was Orlando. And I said, so basically you're telling me that for two months, I can be on Disney property and then drive in to see the show and do the show. And then I'll, I'll just drive back to Disney. And that's literally what happened for a good two months. Like I, I spent my days at the parks and then I would go do the show and just back and forth. And I say all that to say your guys' show, like, especially when you're on the road, like, and you're, you know, we started in Seattle, we started in Portland and Las Vegas and these great cities. But like, I, I watch your show religiously, me and my buddy Fergie, we like, you guys are how we know what's going on in the parks. So it was that there was no question about, oh, do we go out to meet? It's like, no, 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 we we go out to meet them because like, that's that you got Yes, the the way that your cousins viewed me—that's the way I view you. So, it was so. really, really sweet. It was, and they still talk about it. Oh. They they talk about it. It was the highlight. They they they'll never forget it. That's very so sweet. So let's talk about Disney. Yes, let's talk please. About your love of Disney. You are a huge Disney fan. Yes, and I'm sure that. Uh, well, first of all, I want to set it up and say we originally wanted to have Nick on like a month ago. <laughs> this just never came together. Because I wanted to talk to someone about how they feel about Disney being shut down yep. and not being able to go to your favorite place. Yep. But now things have changed. Disney's reopening. They've yes. announced a great deal of information about how they're going to reopen. And I'm curious to see what do you think your view is of some of the stuff that they're announcing. Let's say specifically with the reopening, let's start with the fact they want everybody over the age of two to wear a mask. Are you going to go to Disney and wear a mask? Are you going to wait till you don't have to? What do you think? Uh, so I'm, and again, I, this might be unpopular opinion. I'm going to wear a mask. And I think, and I honestly think it's smart. You know, I, I know that so many people's opinion of this, of, of what's happening right now is, you know, you, you hear that constant thing of it's no worse than the flu. It's, you know, it's what it is. And if it spreads, it spreads. The thing is we have a vaccine for the flu and, and we don't have a vaccine yet for this. And also, you know, the, what we originally thought about this, about this virus has been, you know, that it, what, that it didn't affect younger people is now, now we're seeing that it does, right? You know, and not in the same percentage that it affects the rest of us, but like it certainly does. And, and you know, again, I, I, I think that you should never be afraid to live your life, ever. Always live your life. And don't ever do anything out of fear. That said, be smart, <laughs> And when you have something that has this many variables, um, for me, I'm nothing's going to keep me from. If you tell me Disney parks are open, I'm going to the Disney parks. But if there's a way to do that more safe or safe, more sa- safer, more safe, whatever, I will do that. And to be quite honest, this is something that if we really think about it, as the Disney fans that we are, you know, the masks. Okay, that's going to be different. But like, you know, I'm planning to also wear some gloves. You know, I'm planning to like. And if you think about the amount of germs that you touch on those railings, the amount, like, just before all this, like, this is, there's actually some precautions that I think, 
as much as they're going to feel crazy now, might on the back end be like, you know what, that makes it a little safer. You know, and, 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 and that's important. It's important for people to feel safe in your park, even if it's an open air park. Nick, I'm going to be honest. I would go to Broadway in a mask. So I think it's kind of comparable. Yeah, I th- and, and that's the thing. You know, it's so funny. We just actually, uh, our company, uh, with the help of one of our one of our lead actors, came out with "Ain't Too Proud" masks that we were that I think they're gonna start thinking about selling once once Broadway reopens, selling at the at the concession stands and all that stuff. And I think that's it. You just have to you know lean into it for a little while, and it won't be forever. But I think I think that anything that we can do right now to just make it safer. Um, or, you know, and I, is, 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 inev- is, you know, paramount. So my, my wife just got into grad school in, uh, in San Diego and we're, we're going to, I'm going to move her out there in July. Um, and then she's going to be out there for two years. I'm going to be out there till, till work opens up again. Um, but the first thing I thought, literally the first thing she looked at me and she's like, so annual pass. And I was like, yes, like we're, we're very like, you know, for the, th- Oh, absolutely. Because for the things you love, you have like the, you don't stop. Do you have loving. an apartment? It was yeah. We got an we got an got an apartment in San Diego. Mass that was before the annual pass. That was that was slightly before, like literally maybe two seconds before the annual pass. Um, but yeah, I, I I think it's I think it's great, and I and I I know people are gonna be a little upset at the changes. I know it's gonna feel constricting, but like at the same time, you know, I, again, I've seen and I was I was talking to Craig about this, you know. The videos, so many of the videos that I've been watching about Universal and their opening, um, you know, where there's just crowding and there's, you know, people. And, like, again, I get I get it. People want a return to normalcy. But the thing is, COVID is not gone. Like, we're still in this. So we we, we actually have to be safe, um, you know. And that's that's just me. But that's that's where I'm coming from. One of the things that worries me is that just me personally going out I see a lot of people who are not wearing masks. Yep. And I want to avoid them. Yep. Because I want to stay safe. I want to keep the people I love safe. So I'm always concerned about the fact of the people who will try not to obey the rules. Yes. When you go to Disney. So let's let's hope that they do. Let's hope everybody does okay. The recent study just showed that masks are proven to reduce the spread sixty five percent. It's insane. Yeah. And it used to be buy mask protected you, your mask protects me, which it still does. But they're even proving that wearing it yourself now protects you. And like you, Nick, I have um, I'm over sixty. Yep. And he's not over sixty. No, he said he was. He said he was asthmatic. Yeah. I have yeah. under. I, I didn't. I I didn't mean to imply that you were old. Oh, please. Sixty's not old either. Well, according <laughs> to the news, it is. I fall into the elderly category, and it oh. pisses me off. <laughs> But I'm also diabetic. Yeah. So we're being extraordinarily careful, you know? And yeah. I, I I just, I'll be one in the mask. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. I think, but I, th- I think that so much of it, you know, it's not, again, don't ever, you know, when you, when don't choose fear, right? Like if you're smart, there's, we, we now have what we have that we didn't have back in March are proven ways that that help prevent the, the the virus from getting you. So mask, gloves, sanitizing things, like all those things are proven to help. So like it doesn't mean you can't do things. It just means you have to take the time to be a little more careful. And and that's it. And I and I, I really I really think that people's you know kind of rebellion of oh yeah they can't make me wear a mask. It's like 
well, that's that's just selfish. Like, don't don't ruin it for everyone else just because you want to show that like you're not afraid. It's like, oh, be smart, man. Like, just be smart. That's it. You know, and we'll all have a good time. Um, Let's talk about there's a the second sort of logistical thing we know Disney has announced is this park reservation system. Yep. We don't have details yet. We everyone's speculating on how it's going to work and all this yep. stuff. What do you think about a park reservation system? And then let's say you do buy an annual pass for Disneyland and you can't get into the park the day you want to get into. How does yeah. that affect your, your ability to enjoy uh, the parks? You know, it's again, I just, I just go back to the fact that like right now, when have we, when have we experienced something like this? You know what I mean? It, this is, I, I hate the word unprecedented because it it's just, it becomes a buzzword and all this stuff. But what I do believe is that we are in a time when we there's again, there's just a lot of variables. So I think that here's what I really think. I think that the cool thing that we have to keep in mind, Disney is a company that is large enough and that is, that is, you know, that has enough IP and, and, and power that they can try these trial balloons and see what works and what doesn't. There are some things that we love. Like for instance, you want to talk about Broadway, Broadway, we can't afford to try. We have to open. once. That's why it actually behooves Broadway to stay closed for as long as it can. Because Broadway can't afford another shutdown. Disney can. right? Disney could, Disney could try to open the parks in one way and be like, oop, you know what, that didn't work. We've got to pull that back. So, for me, I'm just like, uh, for just my love of the parks, I'm like, you know what, but at least, at least, at least they have the ability to try. And, and as much as it might be an inconvenience for me, I think that I, I'm just someone who's like, let me just, the, the facts are my friends. I'm just, I'm looking at the numbers every day. I'm looking at what this world is doing every day. And I'm just like, look, if you got to take those kind of precautions, that's smart. That makes me feel safe, more safe to know that like, you're going to limit the number of people in the park. Do you know what I mean? Like as much as it might, yes, it sucks that like, oh, I didn't get a reservation that day. Again, not forever, number one. And number two, you know, in the time that it is, this keeps you safe. Also, who do, I mean, look, if you if you get in, then what? You, you're complaining about, like, you know, the fact that there's not going to be wait time? I mean, like, that's that's wonderful. That's, that's, that's actually a good thing. That's more time to enjoy the park. Um, I think so much of this comes for the consumer and the, those of us who are buying these tickets has to, we have to start thinking communally. Again, it, you know, there's the individual disappointment. Yeah, because, right, and that's the thing. Individualistic versus the communal. What, when, when this is, it's not just about us. It's about everyone who's trying to enjoy this, this place. So if it's better to have less people, cool. And you, and you, you let it go. And, and again, if, if it, you know, I, 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 I think that, I think that if you really just take that deep breath, it's not as big a deal as you think it is. Um, you know, but After that's. After 9-11, the world changed. Yeah. We adapted. Yeah. Yeah. We adapted. We adapted to a new way of life. We adapted to a new paradigm. I think that's what's going to happen with this. Yes. We're going to adapt. Um, I, I just think people are going to have to get on board. Yes. Yeah. The thing yeah. is, you talked about we should, we should think communally and globally, which is awesome. The problem is when people have a reservation book, we see it as travel agents. Yeah. People don't. It's a lot about how does this affect me? Absolutely. And what am I going to do? And what happens if I don't get the thing I think I should get? Yes. And it's very tough to deal with in that sort of microcosm of 
the person traveling. Well, and that, and sorry, sorry to cut you off, but that that speaks to a, a point that I would actually throw to Disney, and I would say, so here's the flip side of this. We're gonna we're gonna you know if you want to say reservations, if you want to say masks, if you want to say all these things, great. This means that all the things that like we have talked about with these parks, especially with, with World, for years, right? The things that like we're waiting, waiting for you to fix. There is no, there's literally no reason. There's literally the, what what has happened. What 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 the thing that I throw back to the company is, I say, great. If you're gonna ask people to do this for you, which they will, then your margin for error, the little things, the 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 the, the craziness at Ohana. That stuff can't fly anymore. Like it, you really have to be, you really, you really, you have to make it worth it for us to to do all this to come into your park, right? Because you know that we'll come, but but treat us with that respect because we're going to treat your company with that respect, right? So I don't think it's all on us. I also think it's on Disney to say, great, okay, all the wonderful magic that we conjure, we have to conjure that much more magic because now people are coming in and they're already stressed because there were so many hoops to jump through to get here. So, and so many things aren't going to be the same. Yes. Right now, there's no parades. There's no I know. Fireworks. And <sighs> I think we have to face the fact that buffets done are gone for a good good long time. Yeah, done. They're done. You have, and, to, you have to go in with the idea that we we have to adapt. We have to. And that it behooves Disney to, sp- I agree with you, to spruce up the rest. I thought you were going to say fix the Yeti. Oh, I mean, you went to Ohana, but I went to Ohana, but but I'll say fix the Eddie as well. Uh, there was some, there was some, somebody put. <laughs> I feel like there was some like into something on Twitter, some like some like fake thing where they were like, yeah, they fix. You know, Disney has taken the time to really fix the Yeti and make it like this whole. It was like this joke thread that didn't have the Yeti was not fixed. But I'm like, yeah, absolutely fix the Yeti. Like this is the time. Any anything that has been has like are, like are pieces still falling off of the monorail? Like fix, you know spruce up your monorail you know what I mean like what what can you do the bit you know so so our governor here andrew cuomo um you know who who's been doing a great job there's a lot of policies of his that like i'm not you know not to get political but like i'm not too hot on but what i will say for him is the way he's led our state through this pandemic has been stellar truly stellar he really and i would agree with that yeah, he he. I, I there's nothing I can say. You know, he he gives you the facts every day. He tells you exactly what's going on, and and one of the great things that he's that he's done is he's like, cool, okay. So we're what can we, most of the state is shut down. What can we do? The biggest thing for him was construction, because in his mind he was like, look, if we want to restart the economy, if we want to get this city back to to some sort of normalcy. Let's put people to work in what ways they can work. And construction is a way that when people return back to the city, they return to a better city. And it's like, great. So all those things that like you were work, you were saying, well, oh, yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Get to it now. Like now is the time. Bring people back to a better park than they ever imagined. And then, then fix it. You know, fix the bridges. All, I mean, we, there's a whole list. There's a whole list I could go through, but like. In Disney's defense, and I don't usually say this, in Disney's yeah. defense, we personally know folks who are uh, work for other companies that are contracted by Disney for construction, sure. and they were brought back a couple weeks ago. There you go. Um, yeah. My understanding is a lot of what they're working on right now, though, is how to make the systems in place for people entering the park. Sure, 
sure. like temperature checks and things like that. We so had a might, rumor that it's going to be, I forget what the word is, but it's going to be no touch. Yeah. It's kind of like when you're driving on um, beep, beep. the floor, the garden state sun pass. Sun pass. It's kind of the, it, that's it. Yep. Temperature. It's going to take your temperature as you enter the park, as opposed to a more hands-on approach where they have to touch you or point something at you. Great. It's going to be more like a toll road. So unfortunately yeah. I think they, they don't have the resources to now let's finish you know, Tron, let's do yeah. all the stuff we need to do because people are being refocused. But hopefully once all that's done, they can go and they can focus on that other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I, we know that this all takes time, but I think, I think as long as that's the goal, you know, as long, and especially now that you have, um, now that you have, what's his name at the, at the top, uh, oh my God, I'm going to forget this, but y'all, y'all talk Josh about him tomorrow. Thank you. Like, I mean, that's a great guy. That's exactly right. Like it just, you know, I, I from everything that I'm hearing, it's just like I if anybody if anybody was the the guy to, to lead, you know, like this sector through this time, it just seems like it's him. It just seems like that's the guy. So like you know, it, hopefully all this will move in the right direction, and and it sounds like it is. I you love know? your positivity. I love you. Think that things are going great. It's so great <laughs> of a contrast with Craig. <laughs> <laughs> it's Listen. nice to have that different opinion. Listen, man, the world the world's crazy enough. You know what I mean? We can we can try to spread some joy when we can. And I'm going to let Kevin finish up this conversation with his questions about Broadway. Oh yeah. Okay. Is, is it okay that this is three or four hours? It's, no. It's <laughs> Ask anything. Ask anything you want. I'm All right. We it. met you on a tour. You did. Would you go back out on tour again? I would. I would. So here's. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you the. I'll give you the. Uh, the like the can. Like the straight up candor, and I'll also give you the fun part. So I love even that. Like I think about it. You know, look. Right now we're in this place where um, travel is is hard and and a little bit risky, right? Um, you know, you, the biggest thing about tours you're always on a flight, and. I think that we're all trying to cut our flying time a little bit back just because of recycled air and all this stuff. That said, um, once things bottom out and once once we are able to figure this thing out, which we will be, um, if a tour was presented to me, yes, because I love getting to know these cities. It, it really is a wonderful thing. And especially, and again, I think I think with Hamilton specifically, when you have a show like that, that people just really love the city like opens up to you in a way I get to see the, I get to see the best of each city. Um, well, also the- with Hamilton, Hamilton was so phenomenally popular. Yeah. Like we get shows that are here for five days. Yeah. Hamilton yeah. was here for two months. Yes. Yes, so exactly. You have to, you have to get into a tour that um, is that popular. Okay. That's my advice to you. Oh no, that's, that's precisely. And it's, and, and, and here's, I mean, but here's the other, here's the other, and this is definitely a Broadway secret that they, you know, but here's the other thing about it. You actually make more money on a tour than you do on Broadway in general, in general, because so the thing is Broadway houses, as you guys know, are incredibly small, right? A Broadway house is 1500 seats. Generally you're, that's big. Dr. Phillips Center alone is like, I think you guys are like 3,000. You mean like, so just the overhead is, is much bigger. And, um, and on top of that, you get a per diem, right? So with, with our, with our union rules, you get, um, you have your salary, but then every day, I mean, they pay you, I think it's like 970 a week in per diem. That's like the, that's the minimum. So if you can, and what's great about that is 
if you know anybody in the area, right? If you have people who like have a place or like you're able to work out, I, like I, I became the king of working out a good Airbnb deal. Like if you ever need an Airbnb negotiation, I'm your guy. And the way, and like what, cause what would happen is I would talk them down in price and then I would be able to pocket my per diem on top of my salary. So like I walked away, I mean, th- that's the reason that like, thankfully, like I'm not worried about money right now is, is because of that tour. Um, you know, so it's, it's, it really is actually kind of the, as much as you sacrifice in the way of like, you're not in the thick of it. Like, you know, the thing about being leading a show like Ain't Too Proud actually back on Broadway is in terms of my career, in terms of that trajectory, like I, that's when, that's when the real press that matters is that's when, you know, not that the press around the world doesn't matter, but like in terms of, you know, when you have like a New York times review and, and all that kind of stuff that can get you somewhere, um, well, Broadway, being a lead on Broadway is always going to carry more weight than being a lead on a tour, I think. Sure. Sure. I mean, and I'm not in it, but yeah. I pay attention. It's, it's, it's definitely the type of thing that you just, you, there's, there's, there's a give and a take to anything. And, um, but what I will say again, I think that the fans on a tour, they've been waiting for it longer. So they actually, I think there's honestly a little bit more of an appreciation. I do um, too. The fans around the country have been waiting. I brought yeah. my cousin. I flew cousins down from Kentucky to come see you, well, to come see Hamilton, but and meet you. <laughs> um, so I think they are more excited. There's yeah. also, I think, too, when you when you go to New York City, I think you people are expected that there's a certain cost involved. Do yes. you understand the cost of a Broadway ticket? For a lot of people who are local, that cost is substantial to yes. go to see a touring yes. company. So yes. they are, you know, that they want to be there. That's that's, that's the thing. People ask me all the time about different audiences from different cities and what the thing is at the, like you can, even the audiences, even the cities that are like quite more quiet, right? Like, you know, the places that like, they're just, you know, like Salt Lake city, Salt Lake city is my favorite example of this Salt Lake city. The audiences are so respectful, right? Our show Hamilton is like a rockish show. Like we want your energy. We want your, they're not about the Salt Lake city. They sit there just very quiet. But they are no less engaged than 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 Las Vegas. Do you mean like they are with you? And at the end, they are up in their chairs, just applauding. Like, and so you get to see these different cultures, and and that I think is just so wonderful. And we know how much, it, especially with Hamilton, how much people scrimp and save to get there. So it, you know, we try to give you the best show we can. Absolutely. Yeah. We had a conversation before this. We started recording. Mm-hmm. So I am going to ask for opinion, your opinion. Yes. Um, it is just an opinion. Mm-hmm. There, you have no facts, I understand. Okay. When do you think we will see live theater in New York? Mm-hmm. And uh, on, the other, on the other hand, on touring companies. Both of those are, yeah, great questions. I So on tour it's going to be a little different, right? Because I think that tour goes by the city. So I know that a lot of tours are now trying to plan their routes around cities reopenings and see what's open and what, and what's safe, you know, and what the actors feel safe doing. And then on top of that, you got to figure out, okay, how do we get people in the theater? Because I think that's at the, at the heart of this, not just with us, but with sports, with anything that requires people, concerts, anything. Exactly. Right. Like at the end of the day, you can, you know, for some things you can space it out, but like the, the, the financial models just weren't built to have it like that. Like, especially for Broadway, we, we are, our industry works on the fact that you are, we're cramming as many people in as possible. 
Um, so I think that there's a couple factors. I think you gotta you gotta think about when that's safe, and you also gotta think about when people will trust each other again. Um, you know, to do that, I th- I think people are ready. I think people want it. I really do. Um, but I also looking at it, I'm like, honestly, I I think it behooves us to wait as long as we can. I th- I think that we should. I truly think all entertainment. Um, not just us. I think film and TV, same way. I think we should all kind of be the last, among the last to come back. Um, just because we, you know, even even on a film set, it's like, yeah, we can, we can, you can quarantine and you can socially just dis- like, I think, I know right now there's a lot of plans to, you know, fly your actors out to a location and quarantine them for two weeks and then shoot whatever you're going to shoot, um, which is a, a good plan. But like, if one person you know what I mean, gets sick on that set. A set is a fluid moving thing. Do you mean like it, it has, we have to be close. We're in, you know, it's, there's, it's just hard to do that on a film set. And it's very hard to do that on a stage. So I'm just like, let's, I, I think as much as it sucks that we're not getting paid, you know what I mean? Like, I think that we, it behooves us to wait. So in answer to your question for, for New York specifically, I, I think that you'll probably be looking at, at early in the new year, I think like January. Um, and that's a guess again, but for tours, maybe a little sooner, maybe try maybe around the holidays. Um, you know, but, but it's, uh, it's going to be, look, I, th- I, I was just talking to my auntie proud brothers and we were just like, you know, I don't, th- I've been to a lot of opening nights. I don't think I'm going to ever see an opening night like the opening night. I think Broadway's going to have when it comes back. I think that's really going to be something special because I, I, I was just thinking about like how much pent up energy and how many people have wanted this to come back and, and you know, and how long it's going to be. I think people are going to be really excited. I think, I just think it's going to be a big deal. And I think it's going to be kind of a, especially for our city, for New York, I think that's going to be kind of a a victory lap for us. It's going to be a a jewel in the crown. It really is. You talk about missing Disney. I live close enough that when it's open, I can go whenever I want. Yeah. I miss live theater and I miss travel. Mm. A lot of times that's hand in hand. Yeah. Because a lot of times you have to go to New York City to see the things you really want to do. So those two things to me are things that are missing out of my life. I've been watching Broadway performances on on the internet, on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. I watched Michael Yuri do buyer and seller. Oh, I love that. And he was spectacular. Yeah. I wonder if, you know, there might be something that changes it. Then nothing will replace the live show, right? Mm-hmm. The excitement of being there. Then maybe Broadway is going to have to think about simulcasting and do pay-per-view type shows in order to keep everybody working. There's, there's disposable income. <laughs> there's definitely no. It's so so. One of the things that I'm blessed with at Aim Too Proud is we have producers who are just the most uh, candid and and real, and they they honestly, I mean know just know as as fans of Broadway that you are all of those discussions are being had all of them are being had everything's being considered because yeah you you absolutely have to think outside of the box um and 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 you know people's thought is like oh but if we're simulcasting it will it make you know it was like like that's one of the things that came up you know with uh with releasing Hamilton on Disney plus um you know the cast had a big meeting and one of the questions was, you know, what what happens when you release this? I mean, people if people have access to it, do they just not want to see it live? And um, I wasn't I wasn't at the meeting, but what I what I heard that that you know was said was just like, no, it actually people 
people like most theaters are actually clamoring for Hamilton because you know I mean like like I think that what it will do you know I I've watched oh my god I can't tell you I've been watching so much Shakespeare because uh, the 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 Old Globe in in London and um, the Royal uh, uh, Shakespeare Company have been releasing all their all their archivals on YouTube just like you guys have been saying about Broadway and it it just makes me want to be there like it's it's gr- it's great, but it's great, to, and it's like, oh yeah, I can see that, but like, it doesn't. That's not. That's not the. That's a, that's a that's a imitation, right? The the live experience of being in the same room with those people, and and seeing how hard they're working, and that that's that's Broadway. That's and sharing it with an audience. The other thing too is a lot of theater and a lot of art is about uh, educating people absolutely and showing people other things and that's the importance of showing hamilton to a broader audience yeah it's also a communal experience i mean think about the lion king yeah that would be like saying why is the lion king on broadway you can stay home and watch the movie exactly exactly but it's not the same experience but i think a lot of this coming to the masses who might not be able to go to theaters yeah the better or at least go to new york yes yes and that's and no, and exactly. I think I think that's exactly right. I think that what this is going to open up is accessibility because that's the one thing that, and I I've been a huge proponent of this from the beginning, and you know, and I again so very lucky to have had ten years so far on Broadway, and I and I love my industry, but our tickets are too damn expensive. They just are, and 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 we need to constantly be looking for ways to get people in who can't necessarily afford a $200 seat in the nosebleeds. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it, because, because otherwise, yes, then our industry dies because now we're not, now we're not giving anybody a chance to see it, but a select few. I was just going to say it, it, it there, you might have enough support, but it's only a certain level of income that can afford to go. Exactly. We're talking about bringing things to the masses. One of my all time favorite shows is into the woods. Mm, I, I love this show. And I've never seen a live performance of it. Dude, I, I've tried. However, the producers and the director were smart enough that they recorded the original cast yep. on Broadway. They brought everybody back who had already left the show yep. for final performances. And I can tell you that is one of my favorite things to watch on TV. As a matter of fact, John walks through the room and he goes, you're not watching that again, are you? And then he puts on Terminator. So the conversation stops. Absolutely. Um, but it's one of my favorite. I love it. And I think to myself, I wish they did that with every cast. Yes. Yes. I wish they had recorded the final performances of a beta. Yeah. You know, I would love to go back and see that. And I think other people would go back and reference it. So I hope that there's um, a shift in how I think bringing Hamilton to Disney plus is a start. Yeah. Yeah. I think no, I th- I think that's going to open up a lot of things, and I think that um, you know, because they already have the Lincoln Center archivals, but those are just like those are like just filmed from like it's one shot, it's not filmed t- to be seen, you know, right? Um, but a little funny story about Into the Woods. So that was actually one of the first musicals I ever did professionally. My it was a it was a revival that they did at um, it was a co-production between Westport Country Playhouse, if you know that place, which is like it's a big like uh, kind of. Like it's almost like a Broadway. It's, it's like a summer vacation home for Broadway. Like everybody goes there to do shows in the summer. Like Williamstown. Um, yes. yes, exactly. And it was a co-pro between them and Baltimore Center Stage. But my, I was uh, Wolf Cinderella's prince, and my baker's wife was Danielle Furland, who was Little Red, 
in the original. So it was like it was like this yeah it was this crazy full circle moment. It was like really cool. Um and that I I love I I I had never really that was my first introduction to Sondheim and I was I was just stunned. I was like oh oh this is a whole other level of of theater. This is just something completely different. Um it, yeah, I just I cannot tell you how much I love that show. Also, I love Terminator, so I'm right with both of you. Um, you I know. figured you'd get there in the middle. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Nick, I could I could spend the next three or four hours right. talking to you. We'll do a sequel. I'm very excited. Oh, please. <laughs> Whenever you guys want to talk. I'll be back. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Anything we want to close out with? Anything we didn't cover? I, want, I really appreciate you. Oh, no, I, I appreciate-, appreciate you coming to do this with us. I appreciate you guys and 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 you know and and yeah key i i know to the to the fans of broadway to the fan i mean even to the to disney fans like myself like look i know it's crazy right now i know the world is crazy right now it will right itself do you know what i mean patience patience and and endurance because I, I know it's hard um but but i think we we will get there you know and stay stay in touch with me if you guys want you know i'm, I'm on i'm on the the instagram and the twitter so come and come and find me Give us your Twitter and Instagram handle. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'm at for both. I'm at Nikki Walks. So N I K K Y W A L K S. So yeah. I still owe you a dream spin. Oh, you don't owe me. You owe me nothing. Please. I was going to bring it to you, and I got sloppy and never did. It's all good. All good. Well, that's a great place to end it. Nick, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you, everybody at home, for listening and watching. We hope you have a great week. Please stay safe and stay healthy. And when you can, go see Nick on Broadway. (laughs) See you there.